Hello everybody and welcome to the Late Flag, the aftermatch podcast of the LFC Red Poets. Tonight we look back at another win for the Cop Kids when they win 3-0 at home to Southampton in the FA Cup, just forgetting the competition there everybody, in the FA Cup fifth round. I'm your host Les Lawson and I'm joined tonight by Tom Keegan as Pete is otherwise indisposed. So Tom, it, we, we were all anticipating the team when it was announced at, at about seven o'clock last night because after the exertions of Sunday and some of the injuries it got, there was a lot of speculation of what the starting eleven would be. And when the team was was announced, it was it was a little bit of a mixture of youth and experience, but still some surprises in there, Tom. Yeah, I thought young Kumas. Was a, was a bit of a shock, you know, and to see him get a start. And then um, I expected McConnell to play and I expected Bobby Clark to play, you know, and um, Harvey Elliott was up front. But, but the shock for me, Les, was, 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 was um, Gomez going into the six. Yeah. Which I think, you know, to be brutally honest, I didn't expect. When I seen the team, I was looking at it and I thought, Bradley's there. And I thought, well, Bradley must be going to go into midfield, you know, like I'm pushing to midfield. But it turned out Joe went in there, and and he, to be fair to him, after the, after a, a bit of a mixed start, he, he got into it, didn't he? Really? Yeah, I mean, I think I think when when the team come up, Tommy, you know, at, at around about seven o'clock, and I was in there, I was driving to the game with Jamie, and Jamie read the team out to me, and I'm thinking. Like similar to you, I'm thinking. Well, I think Joe Gomez will start. Looks like Joe Gomez has done a start at right back. Um, Harvey Elliott will be in midfield with McConnell as the six, and Bobby Clark as the as the left side of date. And then up front, you will have um, you Connor Bradley on the right hand side with Cody and and Kumas with Cody down the middle. So when when the um, when the it started, and then Joe Gomez went in, and we sort of stood, you know, as the six. I I turned to Jamie and said, "I never seen that one coming." You know, Joe Gomez starting as a six, but it was one of those, it was one of those games, wasn't it, where you just had to get, you know, you you basically fittest or or strongest eleven players that you could possibly do on the pitch or in the 11 and then work out your formation from there. So, and I think, I don't think he really wanted to play McConnell as the six, you know, right from the very start. Um, so to play, to play Joe Gomez there, you know, it was, it was a surprise, but as you said, you know, he did okay, but just, just turn into the start of the game, Tom, it was, it was one of them, wasn't it, where Liverpool, Liverpool, to be fair, they took time to settle, which is only expected. You know, there was a lot, there was a lot to contend with there from the young lads, especially, you know, with with coming down from such a high, you know, and playing in a in a final and winning a final on the Sunday, to then having to get back down to earth and, and start again in another game. And Southampton, I think, played on that a little bit, Tom. And, and for the first 20, 25 minutes, we have to admit, 
that they were the better side and, and they were the team that looked like they were more likely to open the scoring. Yeah, I think, you know, to be, I was li- I was listening at, at first and what, what they were talking about, as he was saying, you know, they'd come off a 25 game unbeaten run, hadn't they? They'd been scoring goals for fun. Yeah, they and, lost at uh, the weekend. They've lost. They've lost a few well, games. They've lost a few yeah, games. He, lost... he did. Yeah. He went twenty-five games unbeaten, and then he lost four games on the trot. Yeah. And like so, so like they were in this. They were in this sort of malaise when you you're looking at them and you're thinking, well, you know what Southampton team's going to turn up? And he made a few changes. And like I, I think, I think the. They come out and I think it was like a free hit for them, Les, to be honest. They come here with nothing nothing to lose. And all the all the pressure was on on, on the, the youngsters, wasn't it, really? We we went out and, and we're expecting us to go because there's a mix, you Van Dyke's in the side, you know, like Gonza's in the side, you've got Joe Gomez in the side, you've got Gak Gakpo in the side, you've got Harvey <laughs> Elliott. Yeah, I mean, so, let's, let's, you know, let's, get this, let's get this right. You know, we, we, and it, it is, you are right in partly what you say there. You know, you're saying, well, Kwan's in the side. But let's not forget, it's his first full season. You know yeah. what I mean? Still only 20. You know what I mean? He, you know, he, Harvey Elliott, you know, for example. Yeah, you know, he's played over 100 games, you know, for Liverpool. But Kwan's is at the very, very start of his, of his first team. You know, adventure at Liverpool. So, um, you know, right. so, you I know, look so, at him and think, you know, Les. I look I know, at him and think, I, you know. I know you do. I you know, know what I'm thinking. And that's credit to him. But, but, yeah. but he is in his first season sort of thing. Yeah. You know, but when I, when I look at you, you're looking and you're thinking, that's a good, it's a good balanced side, isn't it? But it's a nice mixture of youth and experience. And I think... The only thing I was worried, I would have loved McAllister. I did, I did tweets earlier on that. I would have loved McAllister to play, but uh, Brian Brian Denham was saying to us that he, he thought he was ill, so they held him back. But to be fair, you couldn't play, you couldn't play Diaz, that you couldn't play Diaz, you couldn't play McAllister, and and to be to to be honest, Endo. He was a non-starter because he couldn't hardly stand up at the end of the game. So, so like to be fair to them, we we, we had very very little to choose from, didn't we? So, so the team he put out, but they started off. I I thought Southampton like started off really well. He had a couple of good chances, but I thought Kelleher made two brilliant saves early on. You know, like and you look at this lad, and and I know you know people. Have a go and say, "Oh God, he's twenty-five. He's not a kid." But, but like at the end of the day, he's still, you know, he's still, he's still like only played certain amounts of games, hasn't he? And he, for for the goalkeeper, he's relatively young. So I, I think when he come in, he, I thought he was outstanding. He kept us in the game. I think Southampton. Then you know, I, I think we 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 started to we started to find our feet a little bit. Then we and started to find our our way. So. I, th- I thought, you know, like we started to create a few little, you know, chances and getting around the back of them. But um, it was a, it was a strange first half, really. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I, I you know, when I, when I look back at the game, I tend to think that I think Southampton tried to come out pretty fast, which they did. 
to try and get on the front foot and, and basically try and get ahead and you know and see how the how the kids would react and how the fans would react if Liverpool did go go behind. And as you quite rightly said there, Tom, you know, in the first sort of twenty twenty five minutes, we were indebted to to Kelleher, you know, for, for the saves he made. And he also they also hit the post in that time. They had a goal they had a goal disallowed in the you know, in the, in about the first thirty seconds, which was actually miles offside. Um so so they were the ones in, and Liverpool, as Jurgen said, you know, after the game, it was though they were all trying to find their feet in that fair you know, it's a brand new midfielder. Let's be honest, if we'd have if we'd have been sat here doing this podcast at the start of the season, right, and we would have said Liverpool are gonna play an FA Cup fifth fifth round tie at home to Southampton. And in the team are gonna be Kelleher, which might not might not have been too much of a surprise because we just thought, well, maybe he's gonna rotate his goalkeepers for the FA Cup. But then we just said you're then gonna have Bradley Kwanzaa, Bobby Clark, McConnell, um, you know, Louis Kumas. You'd have thought, and then Jaden Dans and you know. You're gonna sign a player, you know, at six, age sixteen from Leicester, who's also gonna play, you know, called Naomi, and you're gonna think, nah, we've got no chance, not a not a not a cat in L's chance, but it just shows how how good these players are, and I think, I think last night possibly, in the first half, it was possibly maybe you had. Maybe one too many in there. Maybe you needed another experienced head in midfield that we didn't really have, as you said. You know, to to talk the players through and to help them through. And with Joe Gomez having to play in an unfamiliar position, you know, it just took them time to settle down. And and I think that's what Southampton played on, Tom. Um, They played on the fact that it was an unfamiliar side. You know they would have they would have been buoyed when they seen the Liverpool side, not knowing really how we were gonna land up. But they just thought, right, let's hit them, let's hit them, you know, early and quick. And to be fair, they nearly did, but for Kelleher. But maybe on the other hand, they maybe should have done a little bit better with a couple of the chances they had. Yeah. But let's take nothing away from Kells for, you know, for the saves he made. And then Liverpool then gradually started to to get into the game, and Harvey Elliott had a had a chance, didn't he, Tom? That he hit from maybe twenty five yards, that dipped in front of the keeper, and the keeper made the good save. I know, and that was the turning point for at that stage. You felt Les, he just started to come a little bit into the game. Then he started to push players forward, and do you know what? I've been really impressed this season with Harvey Elliott. I'd, I, you know, I, I always rated him as, and you know, like I always thought there's a player there. I took into consideration his age. But you know what? This season, he hasn't half stepped up. And especially when we, when we, you know, like I think what, what defines a footballer to me or, or tells me about a player is in adversity, when, 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 all, when all around you is all problems and everything's going to the wall that you constantly come out every week and give 100%. And 
you know, we can fault him sometimes. You can say, you know, when he gets in front of goal, he's a little bit, you know, sometimes he, he misses chances that you think he should do better with. Or sometimes he gives the ball away. But you can you can never fault this lad. But he, he drives the team on. He, at times you're looking at him and he's acting, even at like an interview at the end of the game, he does an interview at the end of the game. And he's like a senior pro. You know, like he's, um, you've got to remember this this kid's 20 years of age. And like, so so I was really impressed with him. And I was not surprised that it was him that started to drive us forward. Because you're looking, you, you'd look at a players like like Cody Gakpo and you're thinking, well, Cody's the one who's going to, you know, like with the experience in full international. But he, he, it, it was Harvey, wasn't it, who, who was the catalyst in that little first part of the game. Yeah, it was, you know, and, and him getting that shot away seemed to give, you know, the rest of the team a little bit of confidence that they could, you know, get at this Southampton defence because I think it was, I think it must have been sort of late 30, 30 odd minutes to 40 minutes before we, we sort of got our first corners and then we had a, we had about two or three virtually on the bounce when we, we started to push them back and that was before we, you know, we got the goal, you know, to to go ahead and what a what a great moment it was for Louis Kumas. He'd had a he'd had a couple of sort of opportunities where he tried to cut in from the left hand side and you know, have a have a couple of shots on goal and they, they got blocked but this time, you know, he managed to he managed to sort of work work a gap and, and as the as the old saying goes, Tom you don't buy a, a raffle ticket, you don't win the lottery. You know what I mean? And and he had a shot and it went through the defender's legs and caught caught him on the on the back leg and, and wrong footed the keeper and in the corner it went and it was a, a fantastic moment for the young lad and then that seemed to to give everybody a lift in confidence and a crowd a boost. Yeah, I thought yeah, I thought he played really well overnight. Was he was directless, wasn't he? You know, when he got the ball, you know, Jürgen's been talking about this lad saying, you know, he's, he's an outstanding finisher. He's, he's, you know, you give him a chances and he, and he puts these chances away. But like, he, he, he's more than just, he's more than just a, a, a finisher as well. He's got a little bit about his game, isn't he? You know, he's, he's direct. He's not afraid, you know, like he, he, he knows when to run with, with, with the ball. He knows how, you know, like how to spread, he knows how to keep the ball. I've got to say as well, it was a brilliant ball by by Bobby Clark to put him through. You know, it, you know, like we could sit here and as as we do, and we'll we'll talk later on about the, the young players and the, you know, like of what we've produced at this, you know, this the club at the moment. And we we sit back and we'll talk about the developments of them. And you, but you know, when you're looking at these kids and you, you're thinking, they don't look out of place, less do they? You know, yet like McConnell looked, he looked a little bit lost last night as we were talking about earlier on, and he looked a bit unsure. But he grew into the game. But you know, I I, I think these kids under Jürgen, as he and he's give them a belief that they can go on and achieve anything. And you know, they play like that, don't they? They play with this freedom. They remind me very much 
I know we talked about it at the last podcast. We 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 talked about it at the last podcast. We say like the similarities in this when you see the group of players come to Manchester United with a splattering of really experienced players like you know like Beckham, like 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 Giggs, like Scholes, like Bottom, all these two two Nevilles, and they all come through together. And you think they don't come along very often. But like you look at these and you think, God, there's there's a good future for a lot of these kids, you know, if you just keep their heads down and keep working hard. Yeah, and you know, you, you are right there to highlight the part that Bobby Clark played in the goal because it was it was a lovely pass and Bobby was Bobby was good all night, really. You know, he played in, in a number of different positions during the game and didn't let himself down in, in either the game, to be fair. Um, you know, he kept going, he kept the ball moving. Um, you know, he was disciplined in what he asked to what he was asked to do. And he, he was, I think, on the night probably of the of the youngsters that, that started, you know, and, and you know, where where we all said that, you know, McConnell really took our eye on Sunday. You know, I think Bobby Clark did himself no harm at all in pushing himself forward, you know, as somebody who you know, if you if you look into you know while we've got a few of the injuries that you could think that if he was in a you know one of the eight positions you know maybe next Thursday against Sparta Prague you know to give maybe some of the others a rest that he wouldn't let you down um and he's got he's got a big future you know that lad and and as I say you know he he, he did really well for the goal and Louis Kumas you know he got he, he got his little bit of luck. But it's something that'll that'll sort of stay with him forever, and and he'll be able to tell, you know, his grandkids in years the years to come. I made my debut at home, you know, in the in the FA Cup fifth round against Southampton. I was age seventeen, and I scored on my debut, and nobody will be able to take that away from him. And then Liverpool, Liverpool then piled on the pressure, didn't they? And then um, Cody Gakpo got played through and put his shot wide. And you thought with somebody of Cody's quality that he should have maybe done a little bit better, at least with, with the goalkeeper and possibly, you know, put us two up, Tom. Yeah, I thought he was a bit disappointed in the end of that. Was, you know, you look at him, he's done, he's, done the hard, he's done the hard stuff and he gets in and... And you know he's usually he's usually lethal, isn't he? He's one of these players that gets into them positions, and he usually buries them. But like again, you know, like he he, he was another one from 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 Sunday who drew his socks off, hadn't he? You know, he he worked himself through, he grafted all the way through, like for him with a brow. So you don't you don't know how tired or mentally fatigued he was. So. Maybe maybe we can we can cut him a bit a bit of slack on that you know that occasion, but um, you would have expected him to hit the targets at least I would have thought, but you know fair play to him he he, he did you know he, he did he was another one who was trying to make things happen up front. Yeah, I mean then you know we go in um, a half time you know one nil up, and then Jordan. At the start of the second half, Jürgen takes off Virgil and puts Ibu on. And I think that was a pre-planned substitution, whereas they thought, right, you know, we'll give these two our feet. They can both have 
you know, a little bit of a rest then. And, you know, Ibu comes on. And I thought again, you know, as, as times go on, you know, he was excellent in the second half. But at the start of the second half, Tom, you know, Leeds had, a, had, a, had another good chance to have equalised and a guy missed the opportunity at the back post when he should have done better. Yeah, I think... Yeah. Southampton, think, sorry. I said oh, Leeds yeah. then, Southampton. Yeah. The, ball, the ball dropped to him, didn't it? He? he looked like he was camera shy. You know, like he, he looked like he was caught in the headlights. He, he, he didn't know what to do with it, really. And then it was a terrible, it was a terrible end to it, really, to be honest. He sort of he, he didn't do anything really. Just I mean, he, you would have thought that he, he should have at least wear Kell, shouldn't you? Didn't from you that have... distance, from yeah. from that distance, he was only like a few yards out. Only I think to yeah. be fair to to Keller, his positioning all night was excellent. I think he would have had to he would have done well to 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 beat him from there. But he, do you know with with that? But I, I thought I thought him all night was brilliant. The second half was brilliant. Do you know, and the funny thing with these, him, him, and, him and Virgie, your first choice, Andy, you know, you look at that and you think, we've got to be, the, as, as you say, with the games coming up and with, with, with being stretched in the, you know, in the full-back positions, we've got to be really sensible in how we, how we manage them. You know, like yeah. I, I was shocked that Virgie played, to be honest. I didn't, I didn't see that coming, to be honest. I thought like we we'd you we got not Forest and then you've got Sparta, haven't you? And then we've got um City City on the tenth. So you know like and uh, you know it we'll sort of we'll sort of a bit about say future options in a bit. But you know, overall I think them two are, are, are working well and I think I think giving Robbo a rest was a good thing as well. You know, I thought Costas... Also, also Costas needed a full game, didn't he? he I mean, did, that was yeah. His, that was his... You know, he'd come on, I think, you know, for a few minutes against Luton, I think, at home. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, he, then he'd come on, you know, for Robbo, I think, in extra time or towards the end of the... Just before extra time, I should say, at the, at the weekend. And so, you know, he needed a start. And to be fair to Costas... There was a couple of times in the first half where he had, you know, he tried to sort of win the ball high and, and wasn't getting there and they got in behind him. But apart from that, I thought that as the game went on, he got better and better and better. But the, but I think as supporters, we need to realise and understand that it takes players sometimes different periods and different, different timescales for them to get the rhythm back. And you know, after they've been out injured or they haven't they haven't played games because they've been on the bench. And as the game went on yesterday, I just thought he got he got better and better and better. And he gave a you know a really a really good performance, you know, over the, the ninety odd minutes. But yeah, so and then we started then to to really take control of the game. Ibu really pushed up on front front defending and we kept them really you know, locked in their own half, you know, for a considerable amount of time. And, you know, Connor Bradley was getting into the game more again. It was very similar to the to the second half against Luton, I thought, Tom. Where yeah, the first, so. half, the first half was a little bit indifferent, let us say. We went a goal behind. Mm. And then in the second half, we seemed to sort of 
put well, they did put right to the wrongs of the first half performance against Luton, played in a and some of the players that weren't getting into the game, you know, against Luton in the first half, then started to to stamp their authority on the game and it took Liverpool forward. And it was only a matter of time really before I thought before Liverpool got got the second goal. But, you know, then they made a couple of substitutions which I think, you know, really helped. You know, McAllister coming on for McConnell and then, you know, big Jaden Dan's coming on for, for Louis Kumas. Both of the young lads had give give their all and give you know, an admirable performance and quite rightly deserve the ovation they got when they went off. But McAllister coming on give us that little bit more authority in midfield. Joe Gomez seemed to have got to grips with a little bit more with the number six and it was only expected that it was going to take him a little bit of time. And, you know, Bobby Clark then moved over to the left and big Jaden sort of come in and play down the middle with Cody, sort of floating a little bit. And it seemed to work. You know, Cody had an opportunity, didn't he, from a really good move that he just put wide. Uh, well, it, it was well wide, really. He should have done better, mm. you know, with the with the opportunity. He had, you know, cop ends that could have put us sooner up top. It was a really good move, that as well. Yeah, I thought, I thought overall, I think the, the changes at that time, and also as well, you know, Les, watching, watching you, you start to think, they seem to, they seem to, the legs seem to go off them completely. They just, you know, like, I was thinking that the other way around, I thought, we're going to be really leggy here this second half because the kids have had a really hard game and, and you know, from, from the weekend. And then you're looking at them, but they were as fresh as daisies, but Southampton just seemed to drop, didn't he? You know, with the goal going in, I think the goal knocked the stuffing out of them. But I think what it done, we started to move the ball around quicker, as you said. And I think that made them start to have to run more. And I think the longer the game went on, the fitter we looked. And I thought they looked a little bit jaded as, as the game went on. And, you know, you felt like... Then like Liverpool started to find a way. The way that I was used, you know what, what he gives you, McAllister, is he gives you the surety in class, doesn't he? You know, like he comes on, he comes on, he gets into his position and he does what's expected of him and he just does it well. So Joe probably developed a little bit better and like and I've probably felt a little he needed somebody alongside him a little bit. And that that sort of gave us a platform then. As you said, Cody should have done better, really, to be honest. He had a couple of chances last night, but not not on another day. He bags himself two goals, but I think he just, last night, he just he just failed. But what can you say about about, about young, young guns? Yeah, but as I say, I was just coming to that now, and, and you know, we, we just needed that second goal, didn't we, to to give us that cushion because while it was only 1-0, you thought to yourself, you know, they get a break here or they get a set piece or something, you know, they could get an equaliser. And the last thing we want is another extra time job. So to get that second goal, and I think that really knocked the stuffing out of them. But it was a lovely ball from Harvey Elliott, wasn't oh, it? Brilliant. Like, absolutely brilliant. The other thing that you'd have to give Danzi credits for is the timing of his run 
and where he did run. You know what I mean? And, mm. and you know, the finish, the chip over the goalkeeper, you can, any of the five established world-class forwards that we've got, or any Liverpool forward that you can mention, whether it be for me and Rush to Kenny, to Robbie Fowler, would have been proud of that finish, Tom. It was a oh great my God. He, he, do you know what? He never looked. He never looked where the goalkeeper was. He was. He knew. He looked as he, mo- he moved into space. He'd had a look. He knew where the goal was. He knew where the keeper was. And he made his mind up what he was going to do. It was a it was a brilliant ball by Harvey Elliott. Exceptional ball. Just perfect for him to run on. And then, fair play to the lad. He, you know, I, I, I said to you earlier today when we were, we were having a chat, you know, like, my me, me eldest lad, Kevin, was said to me, do you know what, Dad? He, he reminded me of, of, like, he said, of, of Harry Kane, a young Harry Kane when he, when he came. He said, the, the awareness of him, just knowing where the goal was without needing to look. He just just the way that he, he was, the way he run, the way, he, you know, I thought, I said, I couldn't see that. But the more I thought about it later on, it was, and that was like a finish that he would he would have done, you know, like as well. He, he just, it was a sublime finish. For, for one so young, you know, like for, 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 a young, for such a young lad, as you said, if, if Jota had done that, you wouldn't have been surprised, would you, but Oh. You know, you see this young kid who comes on, and you, you can you can start to see big things for this lad, can't you? You know, like you don't, we don't want to get carried away because young players, you know, they come and you know, like they have a few games, and then all of a sudden they have, you know, like something goes wrong, and they, 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 they you know, like it does, they, they seem to, you know, the head goes. But this lad seems like. You know, like he had four chances against, you know, in the Chelsea game. Put himself about, was a handful all the way through. You know, looked the part. He looked really good. And then you're thinking, you know, I think this. You, you can see there's something about him. You can see that he, he's. He, I think he'll be added to the. I said to you earlier tonight. I? I think he'll be added to the. To from now to the rest of the season. And um, with 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 the with the forward line because he's an option and he's an alternative. He's something different that we yeah. we we don't have. Yeah, when you think about it, Tom. You know, this time last week, you know, I I watch a lot of the you know the the eighteens and twenty ones, uh, but a lot of people wouldn't have ever seen him play. And I know, like a few of the lads is who, who stand by me on the cop. Yo, they were saying like when he come on against Luton last week. You know mm-hmm. what? What's this lad like? What position does he play? Yo, other people have missed it. You know, a week ago, you know, they'd never heard of him. All of a sudden, you know, he's coming on against Luton, coming on in a league, a league cup final, and then coming on against Southampton in the FA Cup and scoring two. So it's um, it just shows you, doesn't it? How how fortunes can change so quickly. And I'm a great believer in football and everything happens for a reason. And he could be he could be a, a sort of trump card, if you like, that that comes through at an important time of the season. The goals last night give him confidence. And you never know what that can do to a young lad. Um you know what I mean? As he 
you know, as as he as he moves forward for the rest of this season. But then, if his first goal was impressive, you know, his second one was just a great anticipation for a for an absolute natural goal scorer, wasn't it? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just before that, just before he got a second, I want to point out there was a great run again by Cody, wasn't it? From yeah. virtually the edge of his own box to the mm-hmm. and then he gets his shot away. You know, a two 0 they just dipped over the bar, which would have been yeah. a great goal if that would have gone in. But then a lovely effort again by Connor Bradley with the outside oh. foot. You know, the keeper makes a, a decent save, but Danzi then is there anticipating where the ball will go. And again, it's a lovely finish, Tom, because for a player so young, you know, in such a big game, it'd be so easy for him just to snatch at that chance and not get a proper connection, miss his kick, you know, put it wide or whatever. But it was an assured finish, Tom. Do you know what you know I we I, 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 I managed Robbie Fabwell. I didn't manage. I played in the league with Robbie. I had him as a rep when he played in the rep. And you looked at Robbie as a kid, you know, like, and he, he had this this awareness about him, this, you know, like, he'd score for, for fun. He was a he was an outstanding player. And all the way through, so we're watching him. And these kids who, who are natural finishers, who have that, that, that awareness about them, what were you saying before? doesn't need to know where the goal is. He knows where the goal is. The goal doesn't move. He knows where the goal is. He knows where he is on the pitch, so he knows where the goal is. And I think, you know, as we were saying with the chip, that was the same with his second goal. He anticipated the anticipation and he knew when to go. He got there before the four, you know, he got there before the defender. So he's seen it quicker than the defender did. And he just... he. You know, that bodes so well for the future, doesn't it? It shows you that this kid, not only he's got a football brain as well, hasn't he? Because he he knows where to be. And like so, like, but as I as I say, it's it's it we've got a strange situation here now, haven't we? We we we've unearthed all these kids and we've brought them through, and you know, like some of them have won a, a cup a medal. In, in a cup final, beating Chelsea, and you're looking, and now, you, what we're going to imagine in the next three or four weeks, these players are still going to start getting fit, and then there's, the quality that we have, is going to be, you know, like, there's not enough places for them to come, for places on the bench, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's then how they adapt. Yeah. Between well, now, it's all, I mean, I, I think the the way when you listen to them, you know, talk and what you, what you read about them and you watch them play, you know, I think they will just take it all in the stride and be thankful that they've they've had the opportunity. And mm-hmm. then when, you, as you know yourself, Tom, and you've watched, you've watched young players before come in and, and play in a game here and there and, you know, and then you look at them, and then they just disappear and you don't see them again. You know what I mean? Because they, they haven't really grasped an opportunity. Mm. And I think that, that with these lads, all of them, you know, have really sort of pushed themselves you know, forward and said, you know, to, to Jürgen, you know, if I'm needed, I'm here. And for the likes of um, 
you know, Bobby Clark, McConnell, and Danzi. You know what I mean? They've sort of put themselves really now in the forefront of Jürgen's mind as the next cabs off the rank, if you like, if mm. there's places on the bench. So, for example, with Danzi, you know, while Jota's out, right, you could see after what what what's happened last night and in the last, you know, against Chelsea, you know, that if, if Jürgen wants to have the two forward players on the bench, Danzi could go now go on the bench instead of, you know, a Kate Gordon or a Ben Doak who was on the bench sometimes as your mm. second forward option. And he's not a bad fella to put on, is he, with, you know, with 15 minutes to go? He's got a bit of pace. He's got a bit of size about him. He showed last night that he knows where the goal is. So mm. when opposition teams are tiring, he might be a good card to play over the next few weeks. Well, do you know what? And also, imagine how he's going to... This is what I was saying, saying before. Imagine how he's going to develop in the next in the, in the next in the next few months playing alongside the likes of Mo Salah when yeah. um, you know like with um if he takes Jota's place because we're anticipating Jota's going to be out for about eight weeks nine weeks so you, you look and you think well he's got Gakpo Gakpo there he's got Nunes there he's got Diaz there you, you couldn't fail imagine the quality that's around him imagine how much he's going to come on with them type of players, you know. And the other it's thing just, as well, if, if he's got like a midfield behind him of say Sabosnai, McAllister, Trent, you know, yeah. Trent back or you know, Endo, you know what yeah. I mean? Harvey Elliott. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, they they and again, because if if you then put him on and you put him on, say, with a Nunes and a Salah. Right, or the Diaz, you know what I mean? Then the defenders are automatically, you know, going to go look at, look at Salah more and think, right, we've got to watch him. And you'll get more space. Yeah, that's what I was saying before, you know, like, imagine what he learned off the likes of Salah. Imagine what he's learning already on the training ground with them. You know, like, you, you can only develop as much in, and... You know, like Jürgen doesn't. When you see Jürgen enthused about young players, about when he when he thinks these players are something special, he tells you, doesn't he? He tells you about Trent. You know, he said about Harvey Elliott and Curtis, and you know, like it's all about how they they progress themselves and develop themselves, as you say, and what they listen. And he said, you know, like he seems he seems a level-headed lad, doesn't he? You know, like yeah. he comes across as a really, really you know, sensible boy. So you you feel that I think you know you'll do as you said. Remember, remember Ronnie the Rocket Rosendorf yeah. in the, yeah. the run up at the end of the season. You know when his yeah. goals and ended up winning us the well, league. And that you with David Fairclough, didn't it? In, yeah. in six. You know what I mean? Yeah. He come in. I mean, he'd made this debut against Middlesbrough, hadn't he? Then he'd had a gap where he didn't play anymore, and all of a sudden. We got a couple of injuries, yeah. And Bob introduced David Fairclough, and the rest is history, as they say. Yeah. So, so like these, there's a place for them if you if you're clever enough and you're good enough and you're prepared to work hard enough. Then you know, yeah. like the you know, the world is the oyster. We can talk of you know, like again, what what we saying about little Bobby Clark and we, uh, 
me and you discussed this earlier on, and as we were talking when we phoned you this afternoon, and we were talking, and he said, he, someone wrote on Twitter, and I thought, oh my God, that's true. He does remind you of someone like Lalana. He's intelligent, he's little, he's quick, he's mobile, you know, like he's he's quite a he's quite a bright. And there's another lad you, you know that you could bring on, and he's not going to let you down, is he? So yeah, that's again, right. When when we've got these injuries in the in these key areas, you know these 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 young kids are going to be they're going to be an asset to us, you know. And as you say, once we start getting more and more games, I think we were talking about the other day. Harvey Elliott, twenty years of age, he's had a hundred games for Liverpool. You know, like you know, and all of a sudden now Harvey sees himself as like one of the one of the the older boys, doesn't he? You know, he's still a baby. Yeah, well, Tom, Jürgen obviously thought last night that, you know, with about 10 minutes to go, that the, the average age of the team was too high. So we actually put a 16-year-old on just oh, to... Les. What a player. Ray Nione on, you know what I mean? And I thought he did really well when he came on. Do you know what? He picked the pockets of one of the midfield players as soon as he got on the pitch, you know, like he just... Yeah. He just but he took the ball. He's another one, isn't he? He looks like he's got something about him. You wonder, Ingletorp's done an amazing job. You know, like when you, I know there was lots of things you know, when Ingletorp come and he was saying, you know, like, what's he going to be? Or, and, you know, to be fair to him, like, he's done an amazing job, hasn't he? Yeah. You know, like, you, you look at the quality of these kids, and, like, it, everything, I know Jürgen's a major player in it because he wanted them all together. He wanted players to be playing the same system. But like, it, it's the whole, it's it, it's the whole ethos of the club. The way the club plays, we 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 look like a club who knows where it's going. You know, the young kids come in, and as he said himself, Jürgen the other day. I know with these boys, if I put them in in training or matches with, with, with the first team and I ask them to do a job and they do that job and they can do it against the likes of McAllister, they can do it the likes of, against Sabozlai, they can do it like likes of Endo and they're comfortable, then I've got no 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 worries about putting them in against any team. And like, imagine imagine that belief. The problem, for, the problem is now is... Is how do we take with the next, you know, with for the young? When we, when we talk about like youngsters, how these youngsters are going to progress? Because will a new manager come in with a different ethos and, um, you know, like, and then say, well, we're not really interested in youth or, you I know, don't think so, Tom, because I think that will be part of the, I think that will be part of the, the sort of interview process, if you want to call it that, when, mm. you know, FSG or whoever it is is interviewing Mike Gordon is interviewing for the new manager. It will be somebody who who will you know you know you, you don't want a manager for example like a Jose Mourinho or a Pep Guardiola who all they're interested in is spending 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 on on big players. If you've got players who are good enough, and I think some of these not all let let's be honest here. Not all of these sort of young lads who've, who, who've played this season are going to have long and distinguished first-team careers with Liverpool. But some of them have got a bloody good chance. You know what I mean? And it's up 
And it's a double thing. It's it's up to you know to them to sort of continue to work hard because another thing that can happen is a young player can sort of get ahead of themselves. You know, like like what similar what happened to Bobby Duncan. They can get bad advice from an agent yeah. and sort of think, right, you know, I've done this now and I've done that. And all I want to do now is I think I should be playing. And, you know, if I think I should be playing, another lad was Camacho, if you remember the young lad. Oh, from- yeah. Oh. Yeah, he really good was- player, that lad, as well. Yeah, he was around the first team, wasn't he? And, um, mm. and he wanted too much too soon. So he decided to, to, to leave and go to pastures new. Jerome Sinclair as well. Yeah. You know, it never it never really worked out for them. No. So at the at the end of the day, it, it's a dual thing, isn't it? The player has got to continue to work hard. Right. The the players have got you know, they've got to continue to listen to the coaches, carry on doing the things that they're doing well. And if they carry on doing that and they carry on developing at the rate that they are, then they've got a really good chance of having a top career at Liverpool. You know mm. what I mean? But and the thing is as well with, with Liverpool at the minute, you know, you take Virgil out, you take Endo out, and you've got and Robbo. And the average age of your team is really young. So mm. there's you know, so they they've really got to push themselves to force themselves you know, to be part of a new manager's plans and to show them that, you know, they can do a job. So I'm sure some of them will because we've all seen the raw talent that they've got. They've just got to have the right mentality now, listen and carry on working hard. So, Tom, who would your uh, player of the match have been last night? Oh, do you know, do you know it's funny. I, I'm, I'm going to give it to Harvey Elliott, Les. Again, I thought like Jaden Dance deserves it for two goals. Like, and, and to be, do you know? But I thought Harvey overall, over you know, like when with when the goal was rough, he was the one player again who was driving us forward. But I think, I think that's been a bit cruel on Jaden Dance because I think for his two goals, like, I really should give it to him. So. I'll mention Harvey as what's it called, but I'll give it to Dan's because I feel a bit cruel. Okay, Tom. Well, I'm like you. I I thought it would be three and two, but Harvey Elliott wasn't one, although he deserves an, an honourable mention. Mm. I thought it was between Kelleher and Dan's. I'm yeah. like you. Feel as though you know I should give it to Danzy because you know he's an 18 year old lad. He's come off the bench and scored two goals. But I'm not today because I'm going to give it to Kells because in that first 20, 25 minutes, yeah. if it hadn't been for him and the saves he made, you know what, what Danzi did when he come on might not have been possible. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give my, my man of the match just by a, a whisker to Quivine Kelleher. You tend to take him for granted now, don't you? Because he's yeah. done, so, done so well. Yeah. So quickly, just before we we have a quick preview of the the game against Forest, you know that's coming up on Saturday. Just wondered what your thoughts were on the possibility and the the sort of media reports from like Sir Paul Joyce and Co. That um, you know FSG won't 
Michael Edwards to come back as as not such not so much a sporting director, but like a chief executive type role over the whole football sort of philosophy at the club. Yeah, it was just I was reading that today. I was he he wasn't into he's turned an awful lot of clubs down, hasn't he? Because he's not interested in the in the role and he was saying, Well, what kind of role is he is he after? And then somebody wrote on Twitter today, which I thought was quite a good point really. You know, maybe it, he's gonna take Mike Gordon's place. Possibly. You know, like in and you know, with it, and I mean, because you've got it. You know, I'm not the greatest lover of FSG. I think you do have they've done a brilliant job. You know, like but I, I do have little concerns maybe, about certain, certain maybe, things. Maybe you, maybe you prefer an owner like Machiri or or the Glazers. No, 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 or, no, or, no, or, um, no. Stop or, trying to put words in me. Or Venkis, or Venkis, or somebody. I do. I just don't know. I mean, let's be honest. You know, no ownership. Who you're gonna get of a football club are gonna be perfect owners. No. you know but what I mean. Thing, but I, I think, want to see this while it's fresh. I want to see this while it's fresh in my mind. But you know, by FSG, and I think one of the things that they do right, and they do really do it right, is. Usually, they, they, they put the thing in place. Now, we, we've had nine years of Jürgen Klopp, and Jürgen Klopp has is, is been a massive figure in Liverpool Football Club, and he, irreplaceable. You don't, like to, you don't like to come in to say, somebody's going to come in and take his place. So, what, what, where FSG are good... Now they're looking at something now, and you could see with Michael Edwards, he's tried, tried and tested... And he and he knows what he's gonna do. If we could convince him to come in in one of the major roles as the major role, then it's a whole sweep of the board, isn't it? It's gonna be, you know, like a new manager, a new chief executive, a new, you know, a sporting director. So whoever comes in then is starting afresh. And so I think the they do tend to get the big decisions like that right. Do you know what I mean? So that's where I'll give them a lot of credit for that. So if, if we can convince Edwards, but it seems like he doesn't appear to be, um, but if you're reading between the lines, he doesn't appear to be sort of, unless he's just playing hard to get. Well, sometimes that happens, doesn't it? You play hard to get, you get, mm. a, a, you know, you see how far you can push in terms of your salary, your responsibilities and your role, don't you? So it will be yeah. interesting to see what happens over the next sort of few weeks. I mean, I think for him to come back and be, you know, to, to over, over, oversee, if you like, the the appointment of Jürgen's successor and his coaching staff and, you know, build another, another football philosophy, if you like, for, the, the the club are gonna you know base base itself on over the over the coming years. I think that'd be that'd be a brilliant idea because it'd be somebody coming in who's got the trust of the supporters as well as the trust of the owners. Whereas if if he doesn't come back and you 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 appoint somebody else, then again you're sort of watching from the outside looking in, aren't you? And you're thinking, you know. What, you know, he, the, the, the new fella's got to earn the trust again and 
and he's under pressure right away where Mike Michael Edwards has got a lot of credit in the bank. Yeah. In terms of trust from the from the fans, you know, and those people, you know, the owners of the club and the people on the board. So so it is hopefully hopefully it comes off. And I always think sometimes as well, there's no smoke without fire. So for mm. the likes of Juicy to sort of run the story. You know what yes. I mean? There must be some some sort of flickers there. Yeah. You know, for, of hope there that FSG might be able to change his mind. But I think it's a decision that needs to be made quickly now. They can't let it linger on. Not, you know, well, they were that, saying that, today, you know, Les, they were saying that they, they expect the sporting director to be picked by the middle the middle of um the middle of March, you know, and in post by the middle of March. And then whoever, if he, if 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 it's not Michael Edwards, if it's somebody else, he'll be in place by you know towards the end of March before we then set about picking the new manager. To be uh, to be honest, I would imagine knowing FSG as they as they are, I'm I'm sure discussions are underway with the people that they're really interested in. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there are, and I'm sure you know dealers spoken to, you know. Uh, Shabby Alonso's agent, and then I've also spoken to Amarin's agent, who's yeah, you know what I mean, and they seem to be the two, the two front runners, don't they? So it will the be a, is another name in the ass, isn't he? Yeah, I, I just wonder whether whether he's sort of maybe gone a little bit back in the in the running, to be honest, Tom, because you know he he had a good run with Brighton towards the end of last season. But I just wonder whether, you know, what he's done this season, you know, he hasn't sort of taken another step. Maybe you know what that... you, I feel with them, though, Les? They're a selling club, aren't they? Yeah. They're always selling the best players. They, you know, they, they get the players in place. They get a team together and then they sell the players. Like, like yeah. you know... I like... mean, it's, it's funny. It's funny you should say that, Tom, because I was on, um, I was on Twitter in the... In, during the summer, at the time of the year, the transfer window when Liverpool were trying to build the midfield, yeah. and somebody tweeted, and he went quiet after he answered him. He tweeted and said, "I wish our club was like Brighton, the way they are so you know inventive in the transfer market." And I said, "Yeah." So he answered him and said, "Yeah, I'm sure you'd have been made up and singing the praises of FSG if they just sold you to best midfield players." For you know, one for for our hundred and hundred and fifty million between the two of them, mm. and then you've replaced them with a free transfer in Mahmoud the Hood from Bruce Monty Gladbach, yeah, and and a thirty seven year old midfielder from Liverpool in James Milner on a free transfer. I'm sure you'd have been singing FSG's um, praises from yeah. the from the top of the cop if they'd have done that, and he just he just went completely quiet and said nothing. Yeah. But, but it's one of them things with Deserby, isn't it? It's, it's hard to be hard to judge, judge, judge him until he got into a decent club, you know, and, and had a yeah. good run. And um, maybe it's too early for him. We don't, we, we don't know, but he's, he, he seems he seems to have a good footballing philosophy. And um, and you know, again, it's like Potter. Look at Potter; he was yeah. fantastic there, and yes, fell away like he was awful. So who yeah. knows? 
Who knows? So, Tom, a difficult away game on Saturday against yeah. Forest Awaiters. We we have our fingers crossed for some good news from Jürgen tomorrow with his, at his pre-match press conference that we, we get some positive news on Mo, so Bosley I and Darwin in the hope that you'll defeat and, and also Endo. So, you know, if you get the if you get the good news that they are fit and available, then also it'll increase your, your confidence going into the game, won't it, Tom? Oh God, the lot of I think if you if you got them or oh, and there's even talk about Bachetic flying, isn't it? He's saying he's yeah. doing really, really well. You know, he's he, Jürgen was shocked at how how well he was doing. So maybe he's he's ready to go, like you know, and so hopefully, hopefully we can get a few of them back. And you get you get like three of them back, you know, like three or four of them back. Even if you only get like one on the bench, or you know, like if you if if you play Mo, you you leave Nunes on the bench, or if you play yeah. Nunes, you bring Mo on the bench, you know. And supposedly, I, you know, if he plays with Endo and McAllister, yeah, you know that'd be a little bit. Or as you say, with Harvey, it just Tom, gives you gives just you the a choice. Just ask you the questions, I said, you know, mm. just just an opinion, really. Do you think oh. the fact that do you think the fact that Harvey played um you know so so much last night? You know, because he played he played just short of the 90 minutes, didn't he? Yeah. Joe Gomez played the full game. And Cody Gakpo played the same amount of minutes as Harvey, because they went off around about the same time, if I remember rightly. Right. Mm. Do you think that's a positive sign that some of the other players are likely to be ready for the weekend. I would imagine so. Do you know what you, you think? If we think of, if we th- we just use Harvey Elliott as, as as the talking point there, you know, like what you were just saying. You think of Harvey against Luton. He collapsed on the floor at the end yeah. of the game. You know, he ran himself into the ground. He then goes to Wembley, does exactly the same. You know, and, and yeah. you know, and plays himself. You know, right right the way through, and then. Again, you've you've got him last night again. I think how, how long did he? It was about eighty minutes he come off or eighty yards. I think it was about eighty five minutes, something yeah, like so, that. So he, he nearly not played the whole game again. Yeah. So it's a big ask, isn't it, from a young twenty year old to you know like to be banging in four games in like in like ten days. You know, like, and, and all winging. We were saying, when we the other week, we were looking at this and saying so, saying to each other. And I, I said to you, if we win these four games the, with, with the injuries we've got, that'll go down as probably one of the best periods of, of, of Liverpool's, you know, like Luton, Luton, Chelsea. Then in the FA Cup, Southampton in the FA Cup, and then Nottingham Forest away. If we can come away with four wins there, Jesus yeah. Almighty, that would be an amazing achievement. Do you know, yeah. like for the injuries and for the disruption and all the things that we've had to put up with. So, you know, I think I'll I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised. I'd be surprised if Nunes isn't fit after he's hurtling down over two <laughs> over two bars. You know, with Sabazla, 
it's the buzz light just behind him. You know, like to do you be think, honest. Do you think maybe? Do you think maybe the the game against Southampton last night maybe came a little bit too early for them in terms of the amount of training they'd probably done before that game. So the so if they've trained all week, you know, from and built up the the fitness levels throughout the week, you know, to play on Saturday and then because we're playing at three o'clock on Saturday, I know it's not ideal. But then there's a five a five day gap then to to the game against you know Prague on Thursday. Yeah. So so for example, if Sir Bosley is fit, you know, you could perhaps maybe give Sir Bosley maybe 60, 65, 70 minutes on on Saturday and then take him off and put Harvey on for the last twenty, say. You know what I yeah. mean? And then and you know Diaz has had the rest sort of last night. So you just wonder, don't you, whether Cody will get a rest. Might rest at the weekend and it could be it could be Salah and, and Nunes both start, you don't know. But no. I'm sure and again again with Joe Gomez, the fact that Joe Gomez played the full game, he played the full game against Luton and he played the vast majority of the game at Wembley. You know, apart from the time when Grab was on the pitch, which was about 20 minutes, say. You know what I mean? So he's had a really heavy workload within a week as well. So that tells me that Klopp is expecting Endo to be fit as well. He can bring Grobble back in, you know, at left back, put Virgil, put Virgil in and, um, and Ibu together at centre-back and keep Connor at right-back. Yeah, and then, and then he looked a bit that, tired last night, Les. Don't you think, Connor? Yeah, possibly. But then, what he might do then, if if those players are available, then what he could do then against He's rest them against Sparta. Yeah, yeah. What he could do then, he could play. He could play Joe Gomez at right back against Sparta. Yeah. Costas yeah. at left back. Bring in Kwanzaa and then do the same with Virgil and Ibu that mm. he did the other night. Played them forty-five each. Because we've got to be ready for Manchester City, haven't we? And again, Manchester City. I did. I don't think. I don't think anybody else, other than the four that we've talked about, or you know, like, are going to be fit. No. But, um, unless Pacetti comes back. And, yeah, and possibly. Like, and you know that'll be a bonus if you got Pacetti back as well. That that really yeah. would be a bonus for the game against City. Do you know? Um, I don't. I don't think I put him in against City. Tom. No, he'll probably but, play. He'll probably play him against Sparta, won't he? If he's, he if might. He, he could play. He could play some part of, against Sparta if he was, you know, yeah. if he was back in team training, I suppose. But I certainly, I certainly after him being out for so long, I yeah. certainly see him featuring against the under fifteen as Tom. Not under sixteen is under sixteen is now. If you yeah, don't that's mind, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. what I sent you the other day. So. Yeah. Just, just, just quickly, Tom. Before, before we yeah. wrap this one up, what's your, what's your feeling on, on a scoreline for, for Saturday? I think it'll be a scruffy win for us, Les. But I think we'll win. I think we'll win. But I think we might win one, one nil or two one. I think yeah. But I think we'll, I think we'll get through it. I think we'll, we'll just about get through. It. I think with the team that we've got, and I think, you know, like, I, I think that'll be, that'll be enough. I would imagine. And then we can sort of concentrate then on the um, playing against the cheats, the cheats yeah. from the road, like yeah. I mean, that's the 
with, as the famous owner said, with the best supporters in the world. <laughs> even Pep couldn't believe he said that. <laughs> he couldn't yeah. even look at him, could he? No, he couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't anyway, anyway I'll, I'll go for a, a hard 4-2-0 victory for, for Liverpool come Saturday. Yeah. And on that note, we'll end this edition of the Les and Tom Show. Yeah. On, on the on the lay flag. Hope you enjoyed this version with just the two of us. And there's a song there somewhere. Um, and as he always as he always end this podcast by saying, Justice for the ninety seven, don't bite the sun, and you'll never walk alone. Until next time, see you soon.